Suncast is brought to you by SunGrow, providing clean power for all. Suncast is also brought to you by Trina Solar. One company stands out as quite different from the others, Energy Vault. If you haven't heard of Energy Vault, they began looking at how gravity can be utilized to help us with energy storage. We looked at the energy storage market and looked at what today is the basis of all energy storage, 90% of it, are these pumped hydroelectric dams that are based on gravity. So we looked at coming to market and using gravity with the same concept of the pumped hydroelectric dams, but instead of water that's traversing up and down and generating the electricity, we've developed these eco bricks, not using concrete and a structure essentially to lift and lower them. Hey there, Solar Warriors. I'm Nico Johnson, and this is Suncast. Each week, I pull back the veil on the life and business insights of cleantech entrepreneurs building the most noble and impactful companies of our time. I hope what you learn from this conversation is a catalyst for your own growth. So thanks for tuning in and welcome to our tribe. I have a question for you. What do you think is the single energy storage product or mechanism that represents more than 90% of today's energy storage around the world. Did you guess water? That's right. Hydroelectric dams have been the prevailing methodology for storing energy in long duration, easy to release and reuse format for over a century. And around the world, increasingly, we're running into lots of resistance for logical reasons. We can't keep flooding pristine forests and covering towns just to create hydroelectric power. And we're also having problems with gathering enough water to generate the power we need through hydroelectric alone. That's where a novel new energy storage technology comes to play. If you haven't heard of the company Energy Vault, I recently interviewed their CEO, Robert Picconi, and he talks about a new eco brick that they've created, which leverages gravity as hydroelectric storage does, but in buildings instead of in large dams. I was fascinated with the concept and the execution for Energy Vault. Many of us have been watching as Energy Vault has evolved from these large, awkward looking cranes to now what looks more like a central building, like a data center with elevator shafts. I encourage you to lean in and learn more about this alternative to long duration energy storage from a company that, well, is making waves in the energy transition. If you're new here to Suncast, I want to say thank you for lending us your ears and the only non-renewable resource that you possess. That's your time. Promise to take good care of it. You're going to learn so much from Robert Picconi today. And we've got more than 650 episodes just like this in the back catalog over at mysuncast.com. I'd encourage you to check those out. But for now, let's get down to business as we dig into another tactical, practical episode here on Suncast. How would you describe the problem that you have created Energy Vault to solve? What is it that you see that is really standing in our way in, in the evolution of our industry? We're focused on energy storage, which is the critical element of allowing renewables to become more well-deployed across 
the whole planet and begin to replace our reliance on fossil fuels. There are many who perhaps think they know Energy Vault or maybe haven't looked deep enough but have heard of the name Energy Vault. Why don't you do me a favor and introduce Energy Vault and why the company that you founded is going to help solve the problem you've just enunciated? We founded the company with a mission of decarbonization and a specific focus in solving that on energy storage. And Mm -hmm. energy storage is a very topical uh, Mm -hmm. element today that uh, is, I think, gets a lot of attention because it's a very difficult problem to solve. And I think people universally now understand that while wind and solar is getting deployed now in mass, unless we can store those same electrons that are generated in a cost-effective and a sustainable way, uh, it's going to be difficult for wind and solar to become dispatchable power like the current forms of of energy generation. So uh, I think as we looked at solving that problem, there were three main parameters that were important for us. One was just the urgency of time. So back in 2017, Mm. when we were solving this problem and and thinking about different ways to look at it, we knew and felt the urgency. Um, Bill Gross, one of the co-founders, had been the last 15 years making companies that were focused on uh, solar technologies and optimization and innovation and in renewables broadly. Um, So we saw this problem coming and very important that we um, develop something that could initially get to market very quickly uh, for this aspect of time. The second thing was economics. So we wanted to also have a solution that could be deployed without subsidies and still be economical and still um, make the equation where you could um, still look at uh, deploying wind and solar, applying storage, and have that be somehow either on par or better than than the uh, prior fossil fuel. And then the third thing for us that was important was sustainability. So we didn't want to solve one problem in renewable energy storage mm-hmm. and create any environmental liability. So for that, for those things, we um, we looked at the the energy storage market and looked at what today is the basis even of, of all energy storage, 90% of it, uh, are these pumped hydroelectric dams that are the based on gravity. Uh, and so we looked at uh, coming to market uh, initially with a solution that can be a long duration solution and using gravity with the same concept uh, of the pumped hydroelectric dams, but instead of water that's traversing up and down and generating the electricity, yeah. uh, we've developed these eco bricks, uh, these environmentally friendly bricks, not using concrete and a structure essentially to lift and lower them. So we Developed that and brought that to market um, through a series of of funding rounds. In parallel, we were developing the software platform to optimize and run that system, but also to be a platform where we could distribute and deploy uh, any energy storage technology, whether we developed it or not. And so that software platform uh, is what we've used to also address Mm. short duration market with, for example, lithium ion batteries, where we have a unique way we solve that problem. And also, uh, even the ultra-long duration or multi-day uh, storage need, for example, for microgrids, for backup systems, for cities, uh, right. or for data centers. So um, that's how we evolved the portfolio now and have uh, essentially began deploying solutions uh, last year in our first year. Hey, if you're looking for a way to maximize the ROI for your next utility project, I would like to point you to SunGrow's new SG4400 modular inverter. This new innovative solution will reduce capital and operating expenses because it arrives already on a skid with a step-up transformer. It's built using four 1100 kW modules 
so that if one of them fails, well, the other three keep powering right on through as the DC and AC protection are completely separate between the modules. You can learn more about this fantastic new product and more at mysuncast.com forward slash sungrow. One of the things that most folks who are familiar with Energy Vault will recognize is the concept of um, Energy Vault being focused on gravity-based uh, uh, technology and these eco-bricks. I want to just see if I heard everything correctly here because I, I like to try and summarize before I go on. Underlying the decision to build the business were three parameters. Time, we are in a sense of urgency. As you pointed out, Bill Gross has started numerous companies, many of which are focused on solving climate crises. Economics, we're in a world where traditionally and even in our industry very commonly, the technology is bolstered by incentives. It's bolstered by, if not tax incentives, then some other um, uh, economic bolster, uh, crutch, if you will. Uh, and there are definitely markets, I worked in Latin America a lot, where solar in and of itself performs at grid parity uh, or, or better compared with the alternatives, fossil fuels as an example. Um, so how do we deploy without subsidies and still be economically feasible? And then the third, sustainability. And you actually hit me with something that I didn't expect. Don't solve problems that create others. I see that as a uh, I immediately, my mind went to lithium because everyone's like, oh, Chicken Little, the sky's falling. We're using uh, cobalt. And they're not wrong. Lithium is not a like sustainable, in quotes, long-term solution to our energy storage needs uh, at the scale that we need them. But pumped hydro <laughs> has its own challenges, right? Um, it has its own. Uh, it, we Not only can we not scale our storage needs with pumped hydro, but it is um, generally um, at the scale of of dammed water storage, extremely disastrous to the ecology around uh, hydro systems. So um, that that took me by surprise. As I know that the pumped hydro is still the largest uh, source of renewable energy in most of the world. So I think I heard you right. And then the gravity-based system, based system, which we'll talk about, and how that evolved, and software, which is itself the enabler of the evolution of Energy Vault, as I understand it. Is that accurate All up to now? Yeah, you got it. Could you announce it for me? Who predominantly do you sell to and what problems do you solve for those clients? We really sell to three main groups. Uh, and I would start with the public utilities. So these are mm -hmm. the, the organizations that, that I think are most directly known by um, both residences, commercials, businesses, because they're providing the power. Okay. Yeah. But there's a second group that serves them that are the independent power providers that are the ones right. that are most actively deploying renewables or standalone storage. Yeah. Okay, so uh, those are the NL Green Powers of the world, for example, they're the largest global one. Uh, right here in the U.S., you've got uh, Jupiter Power, for example, um, that is uh, the largest provider in ERCOT, which is the largest uh, storage market in the United States. Mm -hmm. By the way, both of those players happen to be customers of ours. So that's the, the second group on the independent power side. Mm -hmm. And then the third bucket, which for I think is a little unique with us serving uh, because of the nature of our investor base also that started early on, are, are the large industrials that are large consumers of energy that are making their own clean energy transition. So um, the, the mining companies, for example, mm -hmm. that are looking at different ways to power their trucks and locomotives um, or, or to power their, their operations and plants, uh, any 24-7 manufacturing facility and even large Players like Saudi Aramco that are, that are mm -hmm. some of the traditional players in in oil and gas that are are making this transition. So that 
that area um, is fundamental, important, and, and and even gets down to the folks that are uh, are looking and charged with making sustainable aviation fuel or new green fuels yeah. to help mm-hmm. power our economy. So those are the those are the three main buckets. Can you give us a little bit of insight into how you funded the company to begin with, you, Bill, and perhaps your third, you named the third co-founder, and what were the early milestones that um, you were looking for and that then follow-on investors were looking for that led you to where you're at now, a publicly traded company serving customers like NL and PG&E? So our third co-founder, I should mention, Andrea Pedretti, uh, who's our current chief technology officer as well. Mm-hmm. So it was him. He was working with Bill Gross already. had been collaborating. Uh, and I had known Bill for seven or eight years before. So um, we we started with a seed funding. You know, Bill Gross founded Idea Lab, of course, which mm-hmm. is the, the longest running technology incubator, I think, in the United States out of Pasadena, wow. California, arguably the most prominent. He's created over 100 companies. We got together around the idea, uh, iterated it, and formed the company at the end of 2017. And we started right away with a, a one-quarter scale idea mm-hmm. of this, uh, of a crane, essentially, that would lift and lower blocks. Uh, we tested the software out and then spent a lot of time looking at how could we make these composite blocks that were large, 35 metric mm-hmm. tons were, were the first iteration of the product. How can we make them and not use concrete? Because again, back to one of those three... Yeah. That's why you call it the eco brick, right? Yeah, yeah. So uh, could we use material science um, and solve and make these blocks in a way that would not require the production of concrete? And in fact, we collaborated with Semex, which is a large materials company, and then Material mm-hmm. Science Lab in Switzerland, which is where we founded the company, um, and found a way to just use the dirt from the ground, for example, to to, to make the, the blocks. Uh, but also we could use waste materials so there was a really neat circular economic mm-hmm. uh, part of what yeah. we were developing early on. And and so those were, we really wanted to s- test all of those out and, and, and prove out some of the economics at a one quarter scale. We built the model. Um, once we did that, uh, and we did that with a series A funding, and we proved out the main premise around the software moving around the blocks and that we could make these blocks sustainably and therefore also avoid the cost of concrete, which is high. Right. Um, we, we then went to our a, a Series B to go build a um, essentially a, a, a commercial scale system. So not starting with, you know, 250 kilowatt or a megawatt, but a full five megawatt system. Uh, and uh, so we did a, a large Series B funding. Uh, it was one of the largest in energy storage ever. It was 110 million as announced with SoftBank. Uh, uh, and that would still be one of the largest. Yes. Yeah, absolutely. You know, if you're going to serve utilities, you have to be utility scale and utilities don't like to take risks, as you know, because they're providing a critical service or providing power that you, you can't just shut it off. Right. Yeah. You have a lot of problems. So you, you must have a solution that's been proven and grid interconnected, ideally, to be able to go uh, begin to address that market, whether with IPPs or, or utilities. So we went right to scale. And that was another big milestone for us. And, and through covid even through COVID, which was a very difficult period, uh, we got our our first five megawatt system grid interconnected in July 2020. Oh wow! So, so if you think about that, and this is in about two years' time from essentially January 2018 is when we really yeah. started in Switzerland. By mid 2020, two and a half years, we had our first system up and running at commercial scale, grid interconnected. So we commissioned it the second half of 2020. Um, and, and along the way, we listened to customers. Customers came to see the site. Uh, we had a lot of videos then that we used because it was COVID still. 
we were we were in that phase and and um uh, but that got a lot of interest from the NL green powers of the world and brought other investors on uh, along the way like Saudi Aramco the largest energy company in the world BHP the largest mining company in the world that you know out of Australia but has a big yeah. global footprint um and and so that's that was really important as a proof of tech grid interconnected uh, and I think unique as we looked at energy storage and getting it proven out early uh, and um, and then finally, I'd say in getting close to the decision um, to take the company public, we uh, developed the new EVX design and we announced that um, in conjunction mm-hmm. with Saudi Aramco's investment. So those were, I think, some of the early um, the early milestones before the IPO, uh, before we started to, to look at uh, taking the company public. In a world where lots of solar technology providers seem to blend together and have little differentiation, it truly is necessary that you are able to dig deeper, get more resources and tools, and have more breadth of opportunity to learn and share with your core partners. Trina Solar is leaning in to the many requests for the Trina Hub the new global partner portal dedicated to giving partner training courses and certifications, as well as a full asset library of pre-built and co-branded marketing resources for channel support. I'd like to encourage you to try Trina Hub for yourself. See how it helps grow your solar business and develop or enhance your digital marketing ecosystem. Learn more and sign up today at mysuncast.com forward slash Trina. Hey friends. I have a proposition for you. Instead of freezing your tail off like I am here in North Carolina, why don't you jump on a plane, come to San Diego, January 17th to 19th, and hang out with us at InterSolar. InterSolar North America and Energy Storage North America, as you're probably aware, one of the premier U.S.-based trade show and conferences focused on solar energy storage and EV charging infrastructure. Suncast listeners can get free access to the expo hall by using the code SUNCAST at intersolar.us that code will also get you 20% off your conference pass to learn connect and conduct business with the most innovative companies in the solar and energy storage business go to intersolar.us use the code suncast and hey don't forget to stick around all the way through friday because yours truly may be on stage at the solar games come check it out see you in san diego How much was raised in the seed with Idea Lab and the Series A that got you to proof of concept and, and ready to do that huge Series B? Sure. Uh, we, we raised a total of about 12 to 15 million, which was wow. not a lot when you That's think a about big it. Jump. Yeah. And that's uh, amazing. Yeah. And did, you, and, did you have early customers in that Series A round that you were that were doing on site testing, like in uh, uh, um, strategics? No, no, no early. We, we had a Menlo Park based uh, VC Neo tribe that that led uh, the uh, the Series mm-hmm. A and, and a few others, a few other uh, private investors and ideal investors. I personally invested in that round, for example. So um, this was to get this one quarter scale. Uh, done so that wow. the, that's why the the series a um, yeah. was sized the way it was of course the big jump was to the series b where we wanted to go right to commercial scale because the feedback nico was just amazing from customers as we started to speak to customers around the world we were still a team of only you know 15 to 20 people back then 
But yeah. we started listening and, and seating customers mm. uh, and getting out to shows. And that's people really responded positively to Gravity because they, they all knew Pumped Hydro. They all loved it, but yeah. they needed a way to go build something that you could still bid, build today to your earlier points of the environmental ecosystem problems with building pumped hydro and it's still not very it wasn't very cost effective a lot of concrete so a lot of a lot of issues to solve there and um so people loved what we were doing we got great customer feedback and that led us to accelerate to a larger series b and 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 given we felt this urgency to to get to market a business is half uh coming up with a good idea and the other half selling it and i think it's genius and i hadn't heard this from you guys yet um so Obviously, the, the narrative has evolved as well. It's genius that you didn't go after traditional storage in the, in the like renewables or solar sense. Like nobody in the solar industry talks about hydro. It's like an afterthought. It's a whole other sector. It's a different, it's a different wheelhouse. Can you put me in the room where you guys are ideating around like what's the real thing that we are going to be evolving from or offsetting or attacking that people can get their head around? Because uh, I think that piece as an entrepreneur is so critical to be able to say, like, we aren't going to be able to walk in with a model of this. So we have to model it in their minds. We have to give them something they can attach to and say, not that this. Can you put me in the room for that? Sure. Yeah. By the way, it's a, it, it's a fascinating discussion and a great question because, and this is so important, I think, for entrepreneurs is people look at evaluating technologies, creating technology, but looking at what really is going to go meet a, a growth market segment that you could sell something at a price for yes. the profit left, right? So this is fundamental and it, it, first of all, it started with the market. So you really need to form a thesis. You have to, you, you have to have conviction on the market you're serving, um, that there's going to be a, ideally a large market need, uh, and for something that you could bring to the table, um, where maybe it's not being served properly. And that's because we looked at storage to your point on lithium ion, there was pumped hydro and then there was lithium ion and nothing else getting deployed. I mean, that, that, that was the way it is. Yeah. And, and by the way, we're not far from that today. Hmm. Yep. <laughs> and that was, uh, you know, that was five years ago. So as we looked at that, the first conviction we had to have is it's, you know, we, we believe there's going to be a growing and big market. We believe eventually the world's going to get, get more passionate and, and more purposeful mm -hmm. on solving that problem. Um, so that, that was a must believe. The third was, um, what type of technology can you use to, to serve this market and knowing that the more renewable you get on the grid, if you believe that we're going to be putting more wind and solar on the grid and we are, and we have been, mm -hmm. you know, you're going to need not only storage, but eventually longer duration storage. So mm -hmm. today, most of the market in, in the U S 95% of the market, most all that's getting deployed is solving this two to four hour problem right. uh, of the time shifting. And that's why lithium ion is, is the only real proven and deployable technology, it has some downsides. You mentioned some of them environmentally, there's some some safety risks uh, and mm -hmm. they degrade over time, right? So just yeah. like your laptop or cell phone. So, mm -hmm. um, but as we as we looked at that, we, we knew we weren't gonna just be one of the many players looking at, um, you know, uh, different chemistries to optimize and solve that, that, that may not work out, right? That have mm -hmm. a long cycle or you have to build manufacturing to build it. So even if you prove something work in a lab, then you have to go, put a ton of CapEx into building out manufacturing to build it. So we were thinking asset light, um, thinking proven because time was important and getting a thesis on, do we think eventually long duration is going to be more important? And yeah. that's what led us to begin with um, gravity, looking at gravity and uniquely, uh, um, you know, rethinking pumped hydro and to do something 
more economical, more scalable, more round trip efficient, um, and and lower cost over over time on a levelized basis. So that's why we started there, but always with uh, software. If you know Bill Gross, you know anything he ever does. There's always a software component. Yeah, and it's just because of the the what's happened with computing power and what you can do with software that it, it not only is allows you to save money, but it, to uh, all the automation and the things you can yeah. do um, to, to get to market quickly. So that's the, those, the, that was the premise and, and knowing that that software component was going to enable us. Cause we, we also realized early on there is no silver bullet in mm. storage uh, and, and really Nico shame on us as an, as an industry. And this may surprise you uh, to hear me say this. I'm sure there'll be a few of those things uh, on this call. Um, but we, we are behind as an industry in innovating to, to solve this problem. Maybe think about it. We have lithium ion that's being deployed, um, but but really um, nothing else in volume today because of economics yeah. or sustainability and just getting to scale. I'd love to know what you are learning from this interview with Robert and the many other interviews that we have here brought to you on Suncast and Suncast Media somewhere around here or down in the description. You'll see links to other episodes, including that long version that I referred to of the deep dive with Robert Piconi, not only about the business, but the man behind the business, the life and times of Robert Piconi, as it were. It was a fascinating interview that we released in October of 2023. Hope that you'll take some time to watch that and the many other clean energy leaders on the front lines of the energy transition. If you'd like more resources or some of the research that we produced in conjunction with getting ready for this interview, check it out at the show notes page of mysuncast.com. That's also where you could find out more about our sponsors or learn how you could partner with us to reach thousands of our solar warriors and climate champions twice a week, just like they do. Find out more at mysuncast.com forward slash sponsor. And remember, you are what you listen to. Thanks again for showing up, Solar Warrior. It's half the battle. 